0: Welcome into another edition of the Hops and Spirits podcast. I'm your host, Jonathan Green. Joining me here shortly will be none other than Ted Mitzloff, the CEO of Goodwood Brewing. They've got a couple locations in Kentucky. He'll be talking about the unique style of brewing that they do, some of the unique products that they offer that I did not know about, and it's not just beer there, guys and gals. Uh, He'll be joining us here in just a little bit. Remember, you can listen to past episodes And also, you can subscribe to our podcast by finding us on Apple, Google, TuneIn, iHeart, Spotify. You name it, you can listen to us. Uh, Just search for Hops and Spirits. And if you need a little extra help, go to gspodcast.com or find us on Instagram. Uh, Just search Hops, Spirits, all one word. You can get the link there and see all the shenanigans that we have going. And don't forget... Remember that we're sponsored by One Sip Beer Review. That's right, One Sip Beer Review. Find them on Instagram at One Sip Beer Review. See what they're saying about beers from all across America and their very highly rated, unique uh, scoring system there. But right now, joining us on the Hops and Spirits podcast from Louisville is Ted Mitzloff, the CEO of Goodwood Brewing. They have two locations, their main tap room in downtown Louisville and their brand new brew pub out in Frankfurt, or at least their pretty new brew pub out in Frankfurt. Ted, thanks for taking the time.
1: Absolutely
0: appreciate your uh, having me. Well, it, it's it's my honor. You're you're the first one we've gotten really outside of Lexington, and uh, I'm glad to have Goodwood on.
1: Well, we're uh, we're excited to, to be in Frankfurt and moving in your direction.
0: <laughs> I, I haven't got to visit the Frankfurt one yet, but but I want to say what you guys kind of do is is pretty interesting. Um, you know, Goodwood. Uh, how did you guys get that name? Because I'm assuming it has to play off of what you do with the beer in terms of putting them in barrels.
1: Yes, sir. So uh, we bought the production arm from the bluegrass brewing company in 2005. And we continue to license their name. Uh, uh, we had a different managing partner at the time. Uh, so another one of our investors and uh, I was opposed to licensing their name simply for the fact that the, we were building a brand that we didn't own. And then uh, I took the company over in 2013 at the request of the other investors. And uh, at that point, I hired Joe Anderson, uh, a large marketing company here in Louisville. They do uh, all the maker's mark branding and they do uh, quite a bit in the spirits realm as well, a lot for me. So uh, they did a, a pretty in-depth study of our brand and uh, recommended the, the name change uh, for the reasons that I uh, said before, and we uh, we were off to the races. It was about a six month process to to vet different names, and uh, we we really wanted to have something that incorporated what you know, kind of who what we were known for. We were we were known at the time, uh, principally for our uh, bourbon barrel stout, uh, as well as our bourbon barrel ale and, and a few others, but it's mainly our stout, and then uh, we we've since expanded. Uh, not only our barrel age program, but also uh, our core beers as well. Many of them uh, have wood incorporated into the process. So uh, we really liked the name Goodwood because it described who we are. And it's also kind of fun, uh, tongue in cheek. We've had a lot of, lot of fun uh, with with the name and with some fun t-shirts. And uh, you know, if you're not enjoying the beer business, then you're in the wrong industry.
0: <laughs> I, I totally totally get that. I, I love that part of it. Now, your background isn't exactly in brewing, uh, but I'm guessing you enjoy a good beverage. You're a chemical engineer by trade, then a businessman, and now the majority owner. What got you kind of into the brewing industry?
1: Well, it's funny. If, if you look at my high school yearbook, uh, said when I grow up, I want to dot dot dot, and I wrote, "Own a brewery." Uh, of course, <laughs> at that point, I probably just because I wanted beer, but. uh, the, uh, the truth is, uh, we uh, the, uh, you know, I've always been interested in uh, the alcohol industry as a whole. And my former life, I owned a chemical company that did a lot of water treatment uh, as well as cleaning and sanitation for food processing plants. So uh, I had a lot of the big uh, uh, meat processing uh, facilities as clients as well as some of the big breweries. So I sort of learned the brewery industry. On the backside, uh, as far as the cleaning and sanitation, and this little brewery in Louisville, the Bluegrass Brewing Company, was a client, and I knew they were in trouble because we were having great difficulty getting paid, so for our cleaning and sanitation chemicals. So we uh, we bought the company uh, in two thousand five as a distressed asset.
0: Well, and it seems to have worked very very well for for you all, especially since you guys kind of you know, rebranded it, but you guys have the the folks that are kind of with Goodwood, though, they date back to kind of the early 2000s with dealing with beer, so it's not just you that has always loved beer, but kind of everyone there, and they've kind of worked in the beer industry, right?
1: It's a great, great group, and we brought on some new brewers uh, since COVID. Uh, We we had uh, a a great opportunity to uh, change some of the the infrastructure and, and bring on some new talent as well, so we have uh, a new brewer from Cleveland, Ohio, and then another brewer from Lexington, and he will be uh, overseeing the, the Frankfurt Brewery, and uh, we have plans uh, in the not-too-distant future for uh, for the, another facility that, that may be in your backyard.
0: Oh, I, I like the sound of that, and I love that tease uh, right right there. Um uh, now, now we are talking with Ted Mitzloff, CEO of Goodwood Brewing in Louisville, and they have the brew pub in Frankfurt, and who knows, maybe something a little closer to to where I'm based in Lexington. Who knows? Uh, you guys obviously kind of do things like I said a little bit different. You do your beers kind of through wood age, and that could be you know as you mentioned the the barrel bourbon barrel stouts and things like that, but some you just actually age on wood like they do with with bourbon and and other uh, types of spirits. What made you guys go down that route? Because that seems pretty interesting to me because not everyone does that. They might do the bur- you know, might age it in like a bourbon barrel, uh, but doing that just on like poplar, oak, ash, and other woods. Um, what made you guys try that?
1: Well, it imparts uh, some unique flavors and uh, it's certainly a unique marketing angle as well. So, uh, like our walnut brown, for example, you definitely get a good get a taste of the, the walnut. Um, we, with our lager, the uh, the ash, that's kind of a nod to our, our neighbors up the street from Wolf and Slugger, uh, use white ash for their baseball bats. And uh, it really does, if you uh, compare uh, a, an ash versus, the, with, with the ash wood versus not, uh, it, it helps kind of uh, dry, the, uh, dry the finish a little bit. So, uh, part of its marketing
0: part of its flavor. Well, and to me, you know, you are in bourbon country, so to speak. I mean, everything is done on, you know, bourbon barrels. Uh, so so why not try that? And I, I'll say this, I, I have had the hemp ghost and the, the lager and I have enjoyed both of them. So I, I guess you're also paying homage to that history too and using some limestone water and things like that.
1: Yes, sir. And we try to use uh, as much from Kentucky as we possibly can. Like the hemp goes all the the hemp is from Kentucky, uh, the uh, lager, uh, we use uh, Kentucky grains. So I- anywhere we, we can, we try to use Kentucky product.
0: And now, when people come to the brewery and the taproom in Louisville, you know what? What can they expect when they come in there? Obviously, they're going to see kind of your flagships and everything. But what can people expect whenever they come by for a visit and have a beer? Well, hopefully,
1: a great experience. Uh, we really uh, focus on the customer. We want all of our uh, sales or uh, all of our servers and bartenders to basically be salespeople. Uh, they're representing the brand. Uh, we want them to be to be welcoming. Uh, we want them to be educated on the beers so they can impart that education. Uh, and that knowledge on our clients, uh, who many are, are just curious. Uh, we benefit from being on the Bourbon Trail. Uh, the, a lot of the, the big tour groups uh, for the Bourbon Trail will bring their clients to Goodwood for lunch or for an after tour uh, sort of uh, sobering up, if you will, <laughs> before, they, uh, before they drop them off. So we, we do uh, t- take, it, uh, take a lot of pride in the experience that we give our customers. Our food is exceptional in uh, Frankfurt. We have a full kitchen. Uh, get a lot of uh, great reviews on the on the food and the quality. And then in Louisville, it's a, a little bit reduced menu just due to the size of our kitchen. And uh, but but again, the the food is, is exceptional. I eat here uh, frequently, and I don't get tired of the food.
0: Well, and that's always, always a great sign. I, like I said, I haven't gotten to check out the brew pub uh, in Frankfurt just yet, but I'm I'm really hopeful for that. Now, your building there in Louisville is not the youngest of buildings. It's a 200-year-old two year building kind of right there on the edge of New Louisville. But you guys have done a good job of kind of blending that historical uh, and industrial look into it. What, why did you guys pick that location? And, I mean, obviously, I know some of it's, um, you know, from the past there where, where things were. But why, why, what drew you to, you know, kind of renovating that, that building?
1: Well, initially, it's simply for the fact that the uh, brewery system was here uh, that, from the company that we purchased, but uh, it, it was Pipkin Brewery in 1990, then the Bluegrass Brewing Company from about 2000 to 2005. But the uh, when, when I took it over, uh, we, we toyed with the idea of moving versus staying here in, in Nulu, and honestly, uh, Nulu, it, it's sort of been a blighted area, uh, and then we, we really focused on um, uh, the fact that Nulu was getting a lot of investment, a lot of growth in the area. So so we stayed, and that's been been very fortunate. Prior to COVID, about 80% of our traffic uh, on the weekend is out of town. People are in Louisville either for the Bourbon Trail, uh, for uh, an ACC game, or a, uh, a, a concert or a music festival. So that, that's been very, very beneficial to us. Similarly, in Frankfurt, That building is is also very old, a lot of history there, and uh, we benefit greatly from the Bourbon Trail and Frankfurt also. You have uh, Buffalo Trace, uh, Four Roses, Woodford, Wild Turkey, Castle and Keys, all uh, within just a few mile radius.
0: We're talking with Ted Mitzloff, CEO of Goodwood Brewing with locations in Louisville and Frankfurt here on the Hops and Spirits podcast um you, you kind of touched there on on the frankfurt location why did you guys decide to expand you know a lot of people wouldn't think maybe adding a second location would be great especially just in a sense down the road um you know less than maybe an hours away from your main tap room why did you guys want to do that and kind of make a brew pub well
1: i'm an entrepreneur uh, by nature so i'm always looking to grow and, and uh sort of reinvent the company. I was approached by a group from the Frankfurt Urban Society. They had been in Louisville. Uh, we're, in Louisville, we're, we're located uh, between a number of river blocks from Rabbit Hole and Angel's Envy and Old Forester and Copper and Kings, Brandery, a lot of them right in this uh, vicinity. So the Frankfurt Urban Society came to Goodwood after their trip, uh, and they were just having some food and, and a beer uh, in our tap room. And I, love people love talking to people and they befriended me and uh asked if i was interested in expansion and i laughed and said always oh, they said well, have you ever thought about frankfurt and i i again laughed and said not really and they, they said well, why not and i said other than the capital and, and the industrial area i really don't know much about it so they they said give us a day and uh, uh so i carved out a day went and uh they showed me a number of different buildings and there's really sort of a renaissance taking place in downtown Frankfurt. There's a lot of money is going in. They're they're really trying to increase uh, tourism and uh, capture a lot of the, the the bourbon trail that comes to Frankfurt and then leaves Frankfurt. Uh, they they don't have a lot of hotel infrastructure at this point, so they're focused on Airbnb uh, as well as some boutique hotels. They're trying to draw. So it's kind of an exciting time to be in Frankfurt, uh, albeit uh, you know. It'll, COVID kind of uh, took us all by surprise. It's kind of slowed things down a little bit, but uh, I believe uh, in the near future, they'll be back. And and, uh, uh, the the reception that we've received in Frankfurt has been uh, terrific. There's another brewery in downtown, uh, Sig Lusher, and uh, Tim Tim Lusher is of the original family. He brought back their brand, and uh, we have a a fun relationship with them. And uh, the folks in Frankfurt have been very welcoming
0: I was going to say, one, one of the things that I always enjoy when I'm talking to, whether it's a, a brewery owner or even someone in the uh, distillery industry, is the fact that you all kind of talk to each other and work together. And in some instances, it's even better when you have locations near each other because they all play off of, of one another. How, how nice is it to be kind of part of that grouping, you know, whether it's being near the bourbon trail or on, really on the bourbon trail? near some breweries in, in you know Louisville and then even in Frankfurt where there's only two of you. Um, but you know, how nice is it to have that camaraderie and also that willingness to kind of work together? We love it. We, we
1: do a lot of collaborations with different breweries and different distilleries. Uh, in fact, we do a, a bourbon where we take it, uh, we, we purchase bourbon, premium bourbon and finish it in our used beer barrels. Uh, so that's, that's been fun kind of inverting what, what we do on the beer side. And, uh, as far as having other breweries in the area, we we really enjoy that. Um, when folks, for instance, in Louisville, there are probably seven uh, breweries uh, in the within a mile radius of our brewery, and we often get people that are bouncing from one to the next to the next, and and they'll ask us, well, you know, where do we go next? And we we'll. Uh, tell them, uh, you know, if you haven't been to this one, go check it out. Or what kind of beer do you like? And if, if we know a brewery has a a, a a terrific, let's say, an IPA that that they're looking for, or a, uh, you know, a unique beer, then we send them that way. And, uh, and hopefully, people are doing the same for us.
0: Now, you kind of touched on this, uh, talking about you know, using some of the bourbon uh, from from our wonderful industry here in Kentucky what made you guys want to do some small badge craft spirits? Cause you, I don't know too many beer places that want to get into the bourbon business. Cause I mean, you have your stout barrel finish, uh, your honey ale barrel finish. What made you guys kind of flip the script? Like you said, and, and try something a little different. Is that that entrepreneurial spirit, I guess?
1: Well, a little bit of that. And, and frankly, I was a bourbon guy, uh, as well. When I was in college, uh, I was to school in Virginia at the University of Richmond, and they were an ABC-controlled state, and the, the bourbon selection was abhorrent. So uh, <laughs> I realized that, that uh, at an early age, there was a demand for premium bourbon that you couldn't readily get in Virginia. So I started bootlegging bourbon. When I was in college, I would fill up my car with as much W.L. Weller as I could purchase uh, at uh, uh a, a liquor store that has, has since been purchased, but still there. And uh, my car was almost dragging the ground. I had so much in it. And uh, I would basically double the price when I got to school and sell out in about two weeks. So it was uh, the start of my alcohol career, I guess, was uh, was, was bootlegging in college. But uh, I've always been a bourbon guy as well as beer. And uh, to this day, uh, I, I kind of go back and forth depending on my mood.
0: Well, well with that said you know everyone enjoys a good beer and everyone enjoys a good bourbon if you're going someplace what what are you getting are you getting you know like an IPA uh, a ghost a uh, lager what what what's your beer choice uh, these days gosh
1: when people ask me what what my favorite Goodwood beer is i always say the the beer with the highest demand and the highest margin but <laughs> uh, i i pro- i probably drink more of our lager and uh, bourbon barrel stout than any, but I, I like them all. Uh, you know, it's kind of like asking you what, who's your favorite child? Uh, uh, I, I do. I, I drink them all. I enjoy them all. And uh, I'm very proud of, of the products that we're putting out. I'm excited for Frankfurt because that's going to give us a, a real opportunity to uh, do some edgier, funkier, uh, more beer nerdish beers to where in Louisville, uh, we have a, a large 30-barrel system, and then we have a one-barrel system. So there's really not much in between. Uh, we, we can do little one-off runs in the one-barrel system, but that's that's really more of a pilot system uh, for uh, trying new recipes, where the, the Frankfurt facility, uh, being a five-barrel system, that really gives us the opportunity to produce enough to populate our two tap rooms pretty, pretty readily and then uh, if we have other clients that want a unique beer, uh, a certain bar or restaurant, we're, we're more than happy to accommodate.
0: We're talking with Ted Mitzloff, CEO of Goodwood Brewing with two locations, Louisville and the Frankfurt Brew Pub here on the Hops and Spirits podcast. And and Ted, obviously everyone was blindsided and I'm not, I highly doubt anyone that was prepared for a pandemic in their business plan. How have you guys kind of worked through that and how's everything going with that? Because I know Frankfurt wasn't really online for a long, long period of time uh, when everything kind of happened. Um, so, how's everything going with that?
1: Yeah, it, it was it, it was the worst week of my business career. Uh, I'm 52, so I've, I've been going uh, for 31 years. And uh, when the, the ruling came down, we 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 figured it was coming, uh, but uh, the, you know you, you never believe it until it's real. And when, when the governor decided to uh, close the, the restaurants and bars in, in the state, not only did our state do it, but we were distributed in 14 states, most of our states had pretty onerous restrictions. And it uh, uh, you know, really left us with no option. But to lay off uh, most of our staff, we went from 80 employees to five. So it was, uh, it was very difficult. And uh, I don't, I'm, I'm the type of person, I don't like to, to lay off people even when they deserve it uh, let alone uh, when they don't and it, I, I don't think I slept two hours uh, a night during that, that first week and even for, for the, the foreseeable future after that just not knowing when the economy was going to open back up that was the hardest thing uh, you, you know, you can plan for anything if you understand the, the parameters. But when you don't know uh, when they, they're going to open up and in what capacity they're going to open up, it's very, very difficult to, uh, to to plan production, to plan staffing. So we, we hunkered down, and uh, fortunately, most of our uh, lenders and uh, landlords were were willing to work with us. Um, we took advantage of uh, any government assistance that we could get, and uh, you know, we were able to survive. It's still not back to, to uh, pre-COVID. Frankfurt is, as far as our revenues and, and our team that we have in Frankfurt is extraordinary. We actually uh, were, were fortunate uh, that uh, we got some management that had been with some, like the, the uh, Logan uh, Roadhouse, uh, which is part of the craft org- organization, they, they filed bankruptcy. Uh, we were able to get a, a dynamite general manager from them. Uh, we got a few other uh, key key players from other businesses that uh, have really helped Frankfurt. Our uh, food costs, our labor costs, all the all the boring business stuff uh, is really working well in Frankfurt. And our revenues are uh, about five percent more now than they were pre-COVID. So, and that's with the fifty percent restriction and uh, all the other uh, uh, issues that you deal with, with, with COVID, the fact that nobody's working downtown uh, in Frankfurt to speak of. Uh, they're still working from home. Churches still aren't open. Uh, so Sundays are, are slow compared to pre-COVID, but all the other days are up. So we're, we're thrilled with the Frankfurt bounce back. The uh, Louisville bounce back has been a little uh, difficult. Standpoint that nobody's working downtown uh, still. Uh, I'm amazed at the light traffic because you in and out of downtown in the morning, and then the uh, the protests, which were were pretty pretty rough. Uh, I'm sure you heard about some of the the issues that they had early on. Uh, there was a fair amount of looting and rioting, and uh, uh, other issues. Uh, you know, there were some unfortunate incidents, some some clashes uh, with the police, and and then uh, amongst uh, I guess the own within the the, the, the protesters. So, uh, it, it's really scared a lot of people from downtown and our revenues uh, at our Louisville taproom, even though we're not anywhere close to the, uh, to, to where the issues occurred. Uh, in fact, we're, we're 10 blocks or further from town hall, city hall. And then we're probably 30 blocks from, uh, where the, where the shootings occurred, uh, on, on Broadway. But, uh, be that as it may, people are still a little hesitant to come downtown. And that's that's definitely affected our business. Not to mention
0: the, the tourism is just now starting to come back. Well, and then as as a distributor, too, um, you know, pretty much, as you mentioned, you're in 14 different different states and you, you're probably probably in hundreds and hundreds uh, of, of bars and restaurants. And when they're not open and serving beer, I'm sure when you're kind of on that model, too, things uh, don't always go as well there either because there's just not as many uh, locations uh, I guess wanting a keg of beer. Exactly.
1: Um, our distribution uh, is about fifty-fifty drafts or kegs uh, versus cans, and uh, the draft is nominal. I mean, we're probably ten to fifteen percent of the draft uh, versus pre-COVID, and then our, our cans are starting to come back, uh, but this. It's been a challenge for our plants uh, trying to forecast orders because you don't know. You don't know when states are going to open. You don't know uh, to what extent they're going to open. So it's it's really been a uh, uh, been a guessing game.
0: We're talking with Ted Mitzloff, CEO of Goodwood Brewing, here on the Hops and Spirits podcast. And before I let you go, Ted, one of the questions I always have to ask or finish up with is what's next, uh, what's next for Goodwood? You, you, you've you, got the Louisville Taproom, you got the Frankfurt Brew Pub, you kind of teased that there could be some other things coming down the road, but what are you hoping to see from Goodwood here in the future, you know, a couple months from now, a couple years from now?
1: Well, we want to continue to grow the brand. Uh, we're we're uh, excited about the future, even though uh, right now it's, it's a little tumultuous. Uh, we, we definitely want to grow our spirits brand, uh, offer additional spirits as well as uh, get into other states. Uh, We just opened Texas, which is our fourth state for spirits distribution. Uh, We're very excited about the reception. Uh, We won a gold medal uh, with a collaboration we did with Bargetown Bourbon uh, in the San Francisco Spirits Competition. So uh, clearly our our bourbons are being well received. And then uh, uh, as an entrepreneur, I'm always looking for opportunities. We're looking at other uh, brew pubs, breweries, uh, restaurants that uh, uh, weren't successful uh, uh, in getting through the the Covid situation. So we're open to to uh, make some make some moves and bring some uh, people back, uh, rehire a bunch of folks and uh, and get a uh, uh, get a restaurant or brew pub and in, uh, in some other locations.
0: Well, Ted, I, I really appreciate you taking the time to chat with me today. And I will say this, I've always enjoyed the good wood beers. Um, they're very interesting, very unique, and it's something that you just won't get um, from pretty much any other brewery, those aged on wood, and not just, like I said, you know, a bourbon barrel or a um, you know, wine barrel, anything like that. Um, so I, I really enjoy what you guys are doing and have always had a good time.
1: Well, thank you. Well, I, I really enjoy your show. Uh, Stop notch. And I, I'm very
0: honored that you would thank you for us and include us on the show. Thank you to Ted Mitzloff, the CEO of Goodwood Brewing in Louisville and also the Brew Pub out in Frankfurt. Really appreciate him taking the time to talk about what's going on with Goodwood Brewing and who knew that they were doing some small batch spirits. I did not know about that. We'll have to check that out. And that's why we call this show the Hops and Spirits Podcast. You can find us on Apple, Google, iTunes, iHeart or not iTunes, TuneIn, iHeart, Spotify, and so many more. You can also uh, get some more information at gspodcast.com. And you can find us on Instagram at spirits, all one word, spirits. And you can find me, Jonathan Green, the host, on Twitter and Instagram at jmgreengs. That's at jmgreen with an e, gs. Until next time, cheers, everyone.